Hills presents Intellivision. Intelligent television by Mattel. More sophisticated than any video game that has come before. Providing hours of entertainment for the entire family. Intellivision, with one of the clearest game displays available today. Find this system, plus a complete line of sports and video game cassettes at Hills, where our game is low prices every day. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 126. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that all you dads have recovered from the non-stop action that is Father's Day. Hopefully you've found bail money to get you out of jail after the exciting parties. And now that you're recuperating, you have time to listen to a podcast or two. So thanks for doing that. Of course, we are this month enjoying Intellivision Month. This, in fact, is the last episode for this year's Intellivision Month. And in full disclosure, I'm playing on a Sears Telegames, not a Intellivision proper. But first, the news. Let's see. Should we do a Mad Mike Hughes update this week? Uh, show of hands. Ooh. All right. Well, let's skip it for this week. As far as I know, the world is still round. So unless something changes... We won't worry about it for now. Not a whole lot of news this week, at least uh, that I wrote down in my notes here. Uh, there's been news, of course. Things have happened in the world. But things that I thought would be exciting to listeners of this particular podcast in this particular setting, not so much. We're not at war yet with North Korea, so that's good. Not much video game news that I really saw. So uh, we did get some feedback, uh, briefly, into the Vertical Blank podcast. Responded to the baseball episode which came out last week. Uh, they wrote, still my all-time favorite in television game, but you need a buddy to play with. That's true. Those of you who are loner, classic video game players, you got to scrounge up somebody to play it with you. It's really hard to play by yourself, uh, the baseball game. I've tried, and it's tricky. So, you know, that's why I make my kid do it. That's really the reason to have kids, uh, to make them do things that you need a second person to do. So that's a lovely message for all of you. Go have kids so that you have indentured servants at the ready. All right, well... Enough beating around the bush. Let's get to, to this week's game. This week's game is bowling. Everybody loves bowling. This version comes from Mattel, of course. Uh, all of our games, I think, except maybe Birder Time, have come from Mattel this month. And this one's no different. It's a 1980 release. and I mean, you guys all know how to bowl. And this game, uh, give it props, it's uh, pretty faithful down to the last detail. The only thing that's lacking is your bowler isn't holding a, a beer in one hand. The manual tells us at these electronic lanes, in quotes, you pick your ball weight according to your own bowling style, set the amount of alley slickness, then your quote, up, close quote, exclamation point. Aim your ball carefully and select the amount of curve and loft and go for the pocket. Strike, exclamation point. This is a game of high precision that, was, that will test your skill to the limit. 
regulation 10 frame bowling or pick up spares for practice with the tough setups. Ready? There's a big fanfare if you beat 200, which I didn't do in the course of the field report today, so don't get excited for that. How to win. To be a high-scoring electronic bowler, read this booklet. And then we're told, in a highly discriminatory move, for color TV viewing only. Well, alright. So, you know, poo on you, all you people who still have black and white TVs. Who am I kidding? If you still have black and white television, there's no way you're listening to a podcast. The object of the game. One to four players control an electronic bowler to knock down as many pins as possible. Standard bowling scoring, a strike, all pins on first ball, gives you ten pins, plus pins on the following two balls. A spare, all pins knocked down in two attempts, gives you ten pins, plus the pins on the following ball. In pickup spares, bowler faces ten frames of spare setups randomly presented from 32 possibilities, scoring according to difficulty. You're reminded to check your equipment, press the reset button, the title appears on the TV screen, you insert the bowling overlay in the hand controller, find the two bowling keyboard overlays are in the cartridge package with the booklet, insert the overlay into each controller, keys number 5 and 6 are where you select your game, either bowling or spares, the left buttons move the bowler to the starting line, the top right button lofts the ball, the bottom right button aims then releases the ball, all the keys are used to set the slickness, the bowling hand, and the ball weight. The bowling hand is actually chosen with keys 8 and 9. The disc sets the amount of curve and pickup on the ball. So you press the disc and see the page where you select the game. Number 5 is the button to press for the standard bowling game. Number 6 is for pickup spares game. Uh, so those are your choices basically. You press enter, then you see select a number of bowlers. Like I said, you can have up to 4. Press enter again, and then you press between uh, some number between 0 and 10. 0 for the slowest alley with a maximum curve. 10 is for the fastest alley and most difficult. Then you press enter again uh, to set your ball weight. The heavier weights get you more pin action. The lighter weights give you more ball deflection. Press enter one more time uh, to choose left or right handed. And obviously you're repeating all this until you've gotten the uh, ball weight and bowler hand free to the players. And then you're, you're there. You're playing the game. The ball color indicates the active bowler. The scoreboard number's color indicates the bowler score being displayed. Bowler number red is, uh, number one is red, number two is light green, number three is blue, and number four is dark green. Why couldn't they just pick a fourth color? Why couldn't it be like uh, red, green, blue, and yellow, or orange, or something? I don't know. There's probably a programming reason for that, but I'm not sure what it is. In bowling, once your bowler is up, meaning his ball has arrived at the end of the ball return, you hear a gong. You pick up the ball by pressing the disc, use the buttons on the left side to position the bowler at the starting line, press the lower right side button, uh, and then in all capital letters. Important, once you've depressed this button, keep pressing it until you are ready to release the ball. Watch the white spotter ball, which sweeps repeatedly across the alley. It indicates the spot your ball will cross approximately one-third of the distance to the head pin. When the spotter ball reaches the location you want your ball to cross, you release the lower right button. Your bowler will start to move toward the foul line to release the ball. Before the ball leaves your bowler's hand, set the amount of curve by pressing one spot on the edge of the direction disc. You might want to press the disc more than once to adjust the amount of curve. Each time you do, you will hear a click. The computer just uses the last curve amount you indicate before the bowler reaches his foul line. So for goodness sakes, make up your mind. Again, with the all capital letters, if you don't press the direction disc, 
While the bowler is making the approach to the foul line, the computer will put in a random curve, or straight ball, for you. If you let the computer decide how much curve to put on the ball, your roll could go slightly to the left or right. Which is why, for goodness sakes, we should not let computers run the world. I add that editorial. That wasn't Mattel. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host, not Mattel. If you release the ball so it goes over the middle spotting arrow, and then you don't press the disc, you'll probably knock down some pins, but how many will depend on luck? Well, and then again with the all caps. To get high... Wait, what? To get high bowling scores. Okay, there you go. You should control the curve. Number six is a step that is completely optional, according to the manual, and should be used only when you want a very sharp breaking curve when the ball is at the far end of the alley. And then we're told, after you have set the amount of curve and after the figure's arm has begun to downward swing, press the upper right button on the side of the hand controller. This is the loft button. In the brief time span between the descent of your bowler's arm and ball release, the later you press the loft button, the more pronounced the final curve of the ball will be. And really, at that point, you're just showing off. The loft adjustment is useful in picking up some difficult splits, when you want the ball to hit pins on both sides of the alley. And then there's two pages of diagrams. Can you see those in the back? Okay, good. Showing us different spares. This is game two, called, obviously, Pick Up Spares. When you select the Pick Up Spares game, you have the chance to practice your accuracy on 32 randomly opening leaves. You will get two chances to knock down all the pins. Unlike the regular bowling game, if you miss any pins with your first ball, they will be reset before you roll your second ball. If more than one player is bowling in the Pick Up Spares game, each contestant will have the same arrangement of pins each turn. Pick Up Spares is a good way to practice your bowling accuracy and increase your skill. There are 32 possible spare setups. Each one has a scoring value, as shown below. The more difficult setups will give you a higher score. Although some situations are hard to pick up, every one can be made. Well, that's kind of snotty. It's suggesting that you're a failure if you don't make it. I don't need that kind of pressure, man. An excellent score for pickup spares is 75. And if you make it, you'll get the victory fanfare courtesy of Tchaikovsky. Wow. For one thing, I don't think I ever really spent much time as a kid playing the spares game. I probably paid a little. I don't remember ever hearing the Tchaikovsky fanfare. It's just one of the many disappointments in my life. In bowling and pickup spares, as soon as the ball is released and crosses the spotter, uh, spotter marks, the scene shifts to show you a down the valley, uh, down the alley view. No, I was right the first time. It says down the valley view. All right, down in the valley, the valley so low. Something, something, something. I don't remember. Anyway, as the ball rolls, you can see the holes turning over and over. Their location will show you which way the ball is curving. If any, on a straight ball, the holes will appear to turn over in the middle. Try that again. Their location will show you which way the ball is curving, if any. On a straight ball, the holes will appear to turn over in the middle. As soon as the ball gets to the shaded area at the end of the alley, the picture goes into slow motion, so you can see how the pins are moving. After a couple of seconds, so there's enough time for a tumbling pin to move around and possibly knock down some still standing pins, the sweep appears and clear, clears the alley for the right or for the next ball. When the ball rolls just behind a pin, it appears to be passing in front of the top of the pin. This is a characteristic of the computer graphics that display a moving object in this game. You hear the ball coming back and see it reappear at the ball return. You also see the scoreboard, which shows the score for the bowler who is up. If more than one bowler is playing, you can see anyone's score by pressing the key for that player's color. 
After the 10th frame has been completed by all players, the 6th through 10th frame scores for all players will be seen. To see the first half of the scores, press 0. Press it again to see the second 5 frames. In the 10th frame, if a bowler gets a spare or strike, a whistle blows to remind all players of the one or two extra balls to which that player is entitled. Winning Tips Bowling simulates the normal ball curving action of the real game. If you are bowling right-handed, the ball will curve to the left. If left-handed, the ball will curve to the right. Bear in mind that when you decide where to start your bowler, you will knock down more pins when you, your ball curves into a pocket between the head pin and the two or three pin. If you visualize the whole length of the alley that way, you should try for this kind of ball movement. Also bear in mind that the bowler's approach from the starting line to the foul line is straight, and so your aim depends completely on when you release the lower right button. The white spotter ball determines the direction of your roll, one-third of the way down the alley. Any change in the ball's direction after it passes over that location depends on the amount of curve you set with the disc. There are several variables to control. As you try to adjust your aiming and curve to find the best combination, after one variable, alter one variable at a time. The pre-game variables, alley slickness and ball weight, also have definite effects. If you find the right combination of spotting, or aiming, and curve, it may not work on a different alley condition or with a lighter or heavier ball. When you discover the best combination of variables, stick with it. Be happy with what you have, people. You can refine your timing and placement and work on getting some really good scores. The sound effects. I don't usually see a sound effects list, but okay. There's a gong showing that the ball is at the ball return, a click showing the ball is picked up by the bowler, the bowler moves along the starting line that into one uh, starting line one increment, curve set by pressing the disc. Listen for this one to be sure you set the curve before ball release. Exclamation point. There's a knock which signals the impact of the ball striking the pins and the pins striking each other, a rumble for the ball going down the alley and being returned, a cheer, which is for uh, when you get a strike, a whistle in the 10th frame, the same bowler has another ball, a music fanfare for a 200 or better bowling score, or if you're playing spares, a 75. Full 90-day warranty on Super Video Arcade. Alright, and that is how you play Super Video Arcade Bowling. This computer bowling game is super detailed which I appreciate. It helps add to the realism. The graphics are... I'm cheating. I'm going ahead to my review. The graphics are great for the time. The bowling is pretty realistic for a computer bowling game. I really like this game a lot. What do the other reviewers have to say? Not to put too fine a point on it, the videogamecritic.com called bowling amazing. Can't believe how incredibly deep and expertly designed this one is. You actually have 16 degrees of precision for your spin. The ball rolls down the, lane, rolls down the lane, you get a close-up of the pins, which bounce around realistically when hit. The animation of the pins falling is slow, like slow motion, but it's great fun to watch. This is by far the best classic bowling game I've come across. The Wikipedia entry uh, for bowling has, like, the whole history of bowling. But they do mention at one point that this particular bowling game for Intellivision was the first fully electronic bowling game, which I find hard to believe but I guess so. It's on Wikipedia. It must be true. So, alright, enough beating around the bush. Let's play this sucker. After the break, in the immortal words of Walter Subcheck, F it, dude. Let's go bowling. He didn't really say F it. Tee hee hee. Bowling is a sport loved 
very young, the very old, the 20s and 30-somethings looking for something to do on a Friday night in a small town while they drink their beer, the married folks with kids, the married folks who have a night out and very little creativity, which means that bowling is beloved really by most of us, even though we pretend it's not. Just remember that the next time you sneer at the sport of curling in the Olympics, because curling is basically just bowling, but you're down on all fours. Something to think about. All right, I've got bowling up on my screen here. I have to do the most exciting part of the game, which is input all of the details of this particular round. Round? Session? Set? I don't know what you call the 10 frames of bowling. This particular game, I guess. Okay, so I'm bowling. Of course, you have your choice between bowling or a game called spares. I'm just gonna do regular bowling. Enter, a number of bowlers, just one. All by myself. I want to bowl all by myself. Slickness, yeah, I'm slick. You got it, baby. Oh wait, you mean the slickness of the, of the lane. Oh, uh, hell, I don't know. Let's say five. Ball weight. Uh, that's kind of personal. I'm going to go with, no, not eight pounds. Sixteen pound ball. There we go. Bowler hand. Yes, I do have a hand. I'm a lefty. Alright, and there we are. There's my guy. So I picked up the ball. Let's see, I said about a five. For slickness, I'm going to put my guy right here, just just below the midpoint, the foul line. I'm going to aim my ball. Boom. Ball away. Looks good, looks good. It's a little left to center. Um, ooh. Wow, one pin. This is a really good rendition. There's the, uh, the thing swiping the pins away. Pick up my ball again. Right, we won't go as far this time. We'll go about right there. Aim my ball. Boom. Eh, probably let it go too soon. Oh, nope. Looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Boom. Oh, yes. That's how you do it, son. Picked up a nine-pin spare. Boom. Don't nobody challenge me. Looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Boom, y'all. Oh, split. Not a bad split, though. Um, I really like the look of the alley, or, or the lane. Um, the whole setup is a really good rendition of the of a bowling alley. Um, you just need a drunk guy in the bar in the back. I uh, let it go. That's way off. Um, I like that they have the scoreboard with the uh, the frames prominently displayed right there, incorporating it into the scene. Uh, I like that. Let's see. I wasn't paying enough attention. I don't remember where the pin is. I thought that this display had... Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's start of uh, the third frame. So yeah, it's, it's showing me the, the scene of uh, how the pin, pins are positioned at this point, all ten of them. Now no, I messed it up again. Not too bad for a mess up. I got five pins. Okay, let's see. Slick alley. Picking up a ball. Alright, that should be 
good. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Curve back. Alright, not bad. Got four of the five. Alright, fourth frame. The bowler's motion is nice, very realistic. Let's the ball go. Looks pretty good. Oh, nine pins. Uh, I was one of those guys who lived in a small town for a while as a young adult. And we did occasionally go bowling as an excuse to drink beer without just sitting there. Boom, picked up that spare. Uh, it was fun. You know, and you do bowling events for like charity and stuff. That was a good time. Bowled quite a bit as a kid. I remember one summer, uh, that was kind of the thing my friends and I did uh, in the afternoons when it was too hot to do stuff outside. Go to the bowling alley, get some Cokes. Notice that Cokes, not Coke. Um, play some of the video games uh, in the back. It was a good time. It was pretty cheap. As an adult, I'm a little weirded out about renting shoes that God knows how many other people have worn. But, you know, looks good, looks good. Look Ow! Drifted to the right. Alright, well, I'll do one more frame. Bowling as an audio sport, not so exciting. Anybody watch bowling on TV? Do they still do that? I once wrote a play uh, centered around a bowling team, and I had to look up a bunch of American Bowling Congress rules. It is actually a real thing. I think, actually, I read that play for the Atari Bytes episode where I did Atari bowling. I don't have that number in front of me, but go look for that. Alright, well that's the end of the sixth frame. I'm at a stellar 62 points. Uh, I know you're all afraid of me now. Uh, if you happen to meet me, uh, you'd be wise not to challenge me to a bowling game, because clearly I will crush you. Not literally, although you could hurt yourself uh, with these heavy balls. So be careful out there, people. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing about bowling. Uh, I already kind of said it. I really like this game. I played it quite a bit as a kid. I like to bowl, go bowling as a lot of kids do. I don't bowl so much as an adult at this point. Like I said earlier, I do, uh, I did as a younger adult. Uh, I didn't bowl a lot then, but it was a thing I did occasionally. There's just something about bowling that's just nice. It's a sport, quote unquote, but it's not like you got to get a lot of equipment. You need a little bit, obviously. Or you got to plan a whole day to go to the ballpark to play this sport. You know, you jump in the car, you go to the bowling alley, you bowl for an hour, and you're done. You're not even going to work up a sweat. Uh, so it's just fun. And this Super Video Arcade Bowling does a nice job of recreating that as you're sitting on your butt in front of the TV. If any of you have thoughts about Super Video Arcade Bowling, or, you know what, bowling in general, let me know. Alright, so, as always, though, we care about more than the gameplay. We want to know the story. What's up with this bowler, this this very realistically rendered blue bowler that I'm seeing on my screen? I think he was blue. Yep, well, kind of a purplish blue, I guess, as I'm looking at him right now. Hi, bowler. What's your story? Who are you, man? What makes you tick? As always, I have thoughts. This week's story is Bobby Pins, Galactic Bowler. 
The chattering crowd immediately hushed when Bobby Pence stepped up to the foul line. A rising star in the galactic bowling circuit. His balls were chiseled works of art made of rare substances found only on one planet a lifetime's travel away in the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Bobby Pin's balls would withstand the roughest treatment. The balls he bowled with were quite good, too. Bobby was in second place in the tournament, down by only nine pins going into this, the tenth frame. His first ball had garnered him eight of those. On his last ball, he needed only one pin to win. But the split was 7-10, the worst kind. The seven pin was on one side of the lane, and the ten pin was on the other. Wasn't it Snoopy, the rodent philosopher in that ancient comic strip named for some sort of legume, who cursed his enemies with, May all your splits be 7-10. Bobby Pins brushed the sweat away from his brow, even as rivers of the stuff formed a tributary down his ample backside. This tournament was too important to lose. A win here would garner him enough credits to get out of debt with Warren, the queen or possibly kingpin of the galactic bowling circuit, and pay for much-needed repairs to his ship. Bobby Pins lined up his shot. The lane was slick, with orient ox manure, so the ball would go fast on release. He adjusted his footing accordingly. Bobby Pins took a deep breath, said a prayer to the monks of Venus, and let the ball go. Blum, 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 blum. Gutter ball. Immediately a hatch in the floor beneath Bobby Pins hissed open. Bobby hurled toward the airlock, about to be sucked out into the inky black void of space. It wasn't always like this. Once Bobby had ruled the galaxy's bowling scene. He was the Galactic Bowling Congress's Bowler of the Galaxy, three years running. He danced on the rings of Saturn, metaphorically, though there was one time he'd taken a shuttle full of bowling groupies on a wild ride around Neptune. Now, it seemed, his destiny was to die in Uranus. Bobby fell, fell, fell some more, head slamming into the space station bulkhead. It would be over soon. Next thing Bobby Pins knew, though, he was on Earth? Specifically, he was lying on the shoe return counter at the Bolo Monkeys bowling alley in Maquoketa, Iowa. The big sign above the counter filled him in on this information. And standing next to that sign was Warren, a simple name for a bad dude. Bobby didn't know what species Warren was, but he sort of looked like a humanoid beer bottle draped in chili cheese fries. Warren, Bobby said, so good to see you, he lied. Where are my five million credits, Warren said, despite the lack of a visible mouth. Uh, Bobby Pins pictured the spaceship he'd just left. He wondered if he would be better off dying in the vacuum of space. Well, you see, balls are expensive, Warren, and... And easily crushed, Warren said. Bobby Pins winced. At any rate, Warren continued, I am prepared to offer you an opportunity to clear your debt. Bobby Pins was suspicious. Warren loved money. He loved extracting it from his clients even more. Still, if Bobby could get out from under that five mil, what would I have to do? He said cautiously. Warren spasmed in a way that suggested a shrug. Simple. Just bowl. And save the galaxy in the process. Huh? Bobby said. You're familiar with planet Mentaris 3? Warren asked. Bobby nodded. The Mentarans are inveterate gamblers, Warren said. And fickle. And easily bored. And supremely powerful. One of them, Luma, has decided to try bowling. Okay, Warren said, wondering where the inevitable death part comes. Luma has extended a challenge. One game of bowling against Earth's champion. If she, or possibly he, loses, she, or possibly he, goes home. If she, or possibly he, wins, 
The galaxy is slow roasted until all life forms are dead. Bobby's brain pinged with the word gutterball. When? Bobby said. Today. Here. Bobby looked around. Two of the fifteen lanes had broken ball returns. A bored teenager sat at the cash register. A young mother trying to keep her kindergartner from dropping a ball on her toddler was running around near the uh, rack where the rental balls were. An old guy with a beer belly and suspenders was fist pumping every split on lane seven. None of them were paying any notice to Warren. It was one of his gifts. Here? Bobby repeated. Indeed, Warren said. Will you accept the challenge? Why do you care about this galaxy, Warren? You don't live here. These are my customers. Destroying them is bad for business. So, either you pay me my five million now, or you bowl. Bobby thought about the crappy toss that got him here. I'm not sure I'm even that good anymore, he said. You better hope you are, Warren said, or five million credits will be the least of your problems. Bobby shrugged. Problems were all he had anymore. Why rank them? Finally, he said to Warren, I'll need Stella. Done, Warren said. A shimmering crystal-clear bowling ball appeared between the two. It had what appeared to be a miniature comet running through it. The swirling mist was, in fact, an entire solar system of planets, encased within its own pocket universe for safekeeping, and was itself sealed up in Bobby's ball. Stella was short for constellations, and one of the planets contained within Stella was Bobby's home world. The reasons for all this were complicated and better suited to a sci-fi story that was more Star Trek than Hitchhiker's Guide. So what does this Luma look like? Bobby asked. Long limbs and scales and bad breath? A tap on Bobby's shoulder. Excuse me, a voice says. Hey, to interrupt. Bobby turned. The old guy with the beer belly stood there smiling. Then he said, I'm gonna F you up. I believe I have the correct colloquialism. Luma? Bobby asks. Luma nodded. Hello, Tiny Pin. That's Bobby Pins. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, it is on, Bobby said. The action was intense. Luma and Bobby Pins were matched pin for pin, spare for spare, strike for strike. Turkeys were running all over that alley, a turkey being a series of three strikes in a row. At one point, competition was interrupted by the toddler with a child's pink, weight almost nothing, ball. She wandered over and told Luma, I'm bowling, too. She held up the ball as proof. Wonderful, Luma said curtly. Are you my grandpa? The toddler conversationally persisted. Child, I have spawned more and varied creatures throughout this universe than your puny human brain will ever be able to understand. The child blinked. I like blueberries, she said. The child's mother apologetically retrieved her and they went back to playing the pinball machines without actually putting any quarters in them. The competition resumed. The ninth frame ended with Luma one pin behind bobby pins. A thick tongue covered in ropey slime unfurled from Luma's mouth, coating his, or possibly her, lips in green muck. He, she smacked her, his, her lips, eyes narrowed in the rapture of inevitable victory. Luma knew last frames were bobby pins Achilles' heel, although he, she had no idea who Achilles was. Bobby pins started to sweat. He hated the last frame. Why did bowling have to have last frames? Luma was left with an easy 4-5-7-8 configuration. Although it looked like he was going to gutter ball, he easily picked up the spare. Bobby, on the other hand, got stuck with a Greek church, a 4-6-7-9-10 split, which is actually harder than the dreaded 7-10 split. Crapola, Miss Panola, he muttered. Miss Panola was Bobby's sixth grade teacher. She liked rhymes.
Anyway, Bobby Pin stood at the foul line. If he cleaned up despair, he'd win by one pin. Millions of lives would be saved throughout the galaxy. But this all seemed familiar. Very familiar. Up on that ship, though, only his own life was in danger. Here now, the whole galaxy was threatened. It helped a little that there were very few humanoids Bobby actually liked, but it was still pretty nerve-wracking. Move your ass, boy, a voice said. The galaxy ain't gonna save itself. Dad? Bobby said. This bowl already, Luma grunted. Who are you talking to? Still a loser, eh, son? Not now, Dad, Bobby said. Who are you talking to? Luma demanded. The voice was coming from inside the bowl, from within the pocket universe. Only Bobby could hear it. Some of the inhabitants of Bobby's homeworld had figured out how to speak directly to certain people in the surrounding universe. Unfortunately, one of those people was Cotterpins, Bobby's dad. Can you help with this or not? Bobby asked. Yeah, sure, Cotter said. Bobby shut his eyes. His feet suddenly knew where to stand. The slickness of the lane, the tendency to hook the ball, the ball's weight, all worked in concert. Bobby, at this point, was superfluous. From across the universes, Cotter had taken over. Bobby swung the ball, let it go. He easily picked up the spare. Here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the door and see all the pins go bye-bye. The Greek church was slammed shut. Bobby easily picked up the spare. The galaxy was saved. Fist pumps all around. Even Warren cracked a smile. Luma shrugged. So how are the cheese fries here? Pretty good, Warren said. No Gaylock brain sauce, though. Pity, Luma says, as he and Warren go for a snack. What about me? Bobby said. You may work off your debt by disinfecting shoes. Denny will be your supervisor. The tea at the counter waved. For how long? Bobby said. Warren regarded Bobby for a moment. Until you get a new pair of balls. He and Luma walked away. But that could take a lifetime. Then get to work, Warren calls over the space where his shoulders would be, if he had any. Gutter ball, man. And that's our show. In the background, you're hearing Henry play Strolling Bowling, another classic from my childhood. Say hi, Henry. What's up? I'm here, too. Sophie's here, too. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all the other good ones, and some bad ones, probably. Remember to leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is now. Is this show a gutter ball or a turkey? Which in bowling actually is a good thing? You know what? If you like the show, maybe just say that. Henry just got uh, 7 out of 10. He thinks he's hot stuff. The website is ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. You can follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to hit us up on Instagram, too. And while you're not forgetting things, don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your animated Peanuts Gang needs. Uh, we also can fulfill your needs for comic strip information, merchandise, the mind of Charles Schultz. Uh, if it's related to Charlie Brown and Snoopy and the gang, we cover it. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes, we all are riding on a freeway. See what I did there? I'm very, very clever. The game, if you didn't understand, is freeway. 
So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.